to thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, simple faith in Him to be saved. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And as you're turning there, uh, let me say just a couple of things uh, about the week and then about the book table uh, here as well. Galatians chapter 5, and you'll find verse 16, and then you can just be ready. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, I believe, is an important night for the week of services and what the Lord's placed on my heart and uh, going forward in the week. And so I'd encourage you, uh, would you come uh, expectant and as well ask the Lord uh, to be able to prepare your heart. As we are bringing um, uh, these services before you, we want to encourage you to bring someone that's unsaved as well. So any night would be a good night. But let me encourage you to think about and pray about Wednesday night as a possibility and ask the Lord to direct your uh, thoughts and uh, your heart to invite someone for the Wednesday night service. I think that would be excellent. Uh, on the back table, there are several resources back there. I mentioned this morning just briefly about a video, uh, and it is a salvation video in under 10 minutes. It's called A Free Gift, or The Greatest Thing About the Greatest Gift. And so it has a QR card. I remember when we made these cards, on this side it has it just says free gift, and it has a, gift, uh, a picture of a present. In the middle is the QR code that you scan with your phone. And the first one I handed it to a lady, she said, oh, that's neat. And uh, she's taken it. I haven't had anyone reject any of these, uh, of course, tracks and such throughout the years. But it really is uh, very helpful. On the other side, it says, what is the greatest thing about the greatest gift of eternal life? Watch a video explaining how you can know for sure about heaven. And then it has the website as well, See You in Heaven. And so uh, I would encourage you with that. And then also on the back, uh, we don't have for sale, but we just have some loose ones of the 9-11 uh, video as well that we did. And uh, that's coming up, again, of course, uh, this year. It's on a Sunday, September 11th is, and it's the 20th, 21st uh, anniversary of that. The 20th anniversary, of course, flew to uh, uh, New York State and uh, got to be able to interview the Marine that pulled out the last two survivors. And that particular video has gotten over 200,000 views online, so we're very, very thankful for the Lord using that, and I would encourage you to do the same. Also back there, there are several resources that can really help you in understanding the ministry of the Holy Spirit to you as a believer. And uh, there's a couple of pamphlets from John Rice. First one is, do you really want to be spirit-filled? <laughs> um, this is fantastic, but don't get it unless you're ready to be convicted, okay? By page three, it was already so convicting on really dealing with our desire, and they're having the right desire, but as well on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to understand more of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit when you read this brief pamphlet. Then another interesting study by John Rice is how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now in John chapter 5, Jesus says, I can of my own self do nothing. Then he repeats that. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, I can of my own self do nothing. Now, why would he say that? <laughs> and why would he have to say it twice? And why would he have to say truly, truly the second time? Because what he's going to say is very shocking. You're not going to understand. Now, Jesus is 100% God. And uh, he never ceased being God. He was always God. And as he took human form, was born and became uh, man here on earth, he is God. But he is our example of uh, the perfect life of being dependent upon the Spirit and the uh, Holy Spirit in our lives. And then the f last resource is a resource uh, for years. Uh, I read it early on in my ministry, made a life-changing 
um, decision with this uh, book. Also, there's another pastor uh, in Michigan who got a hold of this book and just totally lit him on fire. Um, he was used the Lord to build a, just a great work, uh, several hundred people in the church uh, because uh, he just was yielded to the Spirit of God, and it wasn't him doing the work. And for years, it uh, went out of print, couldn't find uh, someone I was getting ready to, to get it and to try to get in print, but it's The Threefold Secret of the Holy Spirit by James McCarkey, written back in the 1800s, but so so very helpful. I highly recommend uh, these three resources on the Spirit of, of God, but if you do just get one, I encourage you to get the threefold secret of the Holy Spirit, and that would certainly help you in your walk with the Lord. Do you think the Lord has more for us to learn? Uh, do you think there's possibly uh, more areas of growth? Certainly. And more truth uh, that needs to be revealed. Now, the Word of God is there. It, it, it's, uh, it's available and oftentimes when I, when I come across these things and I talk to people that the light bulbs clicked on and, oh, I used to try so hard to live the Christian life, but I see now I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need to be dependent upon the Spirit. I need to be walking in the Spirit. And all of a sudden the light bulb's clicking on. He goes, they say, why wasn't this preached on before? And I wondered, <laughs> just wonder if it has been preached on and we missed it. You know, we were distracted just uh, thinking about something else, not focused, or not yielded. You know, we're hearing the Word of God, but you know, as well as I, we've been in services where we haven't been fully yielded and surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Why don't we right now just tell Him, Lord, we want to be yielded to You, and whatever You have for us, we'll listen and we'll obey. My will is Yours, and I yield myself to You. As we look at Galatians chapter 5, would you stand as we read just a few verses here, Galatians 5, and then we'll tell the Lord that in, uh, in our prayer. Galatians 5 verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 25, Galatians 5 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. The title of the message this evening simply is Walking in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I want to tell you just right now that I am yielding myself to you as the preacher. Would you please fill me, help me right now each step of the way to walk in your Spirit. Lord, I pray, would you please take us and meet with us. And Lord, I pray for every dear believer here, every brother and sister in Christ, that they would make the decision as well just to walk with you, just to be yielded to your spirit. Lord, meet with us tonight. Continue to meet with us throughout this week. Meet our needs. And Lord, help us to see truth and understand and appropriate uh, to our life. And Lord, I ask for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. <clears throat> Truly, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life was to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, Africa. It is the highest freestanding mountain in the world. It's 19,300 and some feet, and it takes several days to climb. And by law, you have to take one of their routes, and you have to have a guide, an official guide 
to be able to do so. And it's pretty expensive, but we went through the missionary, and he got a contact, and it got a, uh, it was less expensive. But then as well, instead of doing the 10-day, which is the easiest on the oxygen and the acclimation of your body, or the 8-day, we chose the 6-day, again, because it was the cheapest. And uh, so 6 days to climb, 5 days up, 1 day down. That really is how it worked. And uh, at each step of the way, it was just very difficult. When we started, we're about uh, four and a half, five thousand feet. You're feeling pretty good, even though you're almost a mile already high. And you're walking along, and uh, the thing he would say in Swahili is poli poli. That means slowly, slowly. You've got to pace yourself. Don't go quickly. Even though you feel good at the beginning, go slow. What they're doing is they're training, and they're helping your body to acclimate to the lack of oxygen. So we might climb up uh, to 8,000 feet, but we would camp at 7,000. Then we would climb to 10,000 and may might camp at 9,500 or whatever the case is. And then we would do that up and then back down and then making sure each step of the way we're okay. One particular time we thought we were going to have to turn back because it was very, very challenging and extremely difficult. On the final day, um, you climb for eight hours, you stop for supper, you sleep for about three hours or so until midnight you get up at midnight and you begin your final climb from midnight to 6 a.m. and uh, the, you summit at sunrise because that's the only guaranteed time for good weather on the mountain step of the way in that, that final climb on that 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 evening the, in the wee hours of the morning um, <clears throat> we just were taking half steps and just with each one I was taking shallow breaths and it was just so challenging but each step, I had to stay with the guide and go with his pace, or really, it was a life or death situation. You know, our doctor, one of our doctors, also made that climb before we did, and he said there were two people on the mountain um, that died while he was there. They just had headaches. They went into their tents. They laid down, and they never woke up again. But some tried to do it on their own, or they don't listen to the guide properly and every year, people lose their lives on the mountain. Now, for us as believers, when we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit is given to us. He indwells us and lives inside of us, and that will never change. But as a, we can walk as a believer, there are things that we need to experience through the Spirit-filled life and the walking of the Holy Spirit that we can only experience through Him. And we're not going to experience the revived life and the abundant life like we ought to, unless we're walking in the Spirit. Oftentimes we think it's just a lower thing, or it's not that big of a deal, it's not that important. Yes, it is. If you are not walking in the Spirit, it's a matter of very important life or death spiritually as for us as a Christian. As we look at the walking in the Spirit tonight, let's notice two steps, two directions, and then two results. First of all, two steps. Notice in verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now here is just speaking of a general word for walk. Now walking is just reiterated steps. If I'm going to walk back uh, to the exit door, I would just take a step, another step, and I would continue to repeat those steps until I get back to the back. I would then be walking. Now, with steps, um, there, I believe for us, there's two decisions, if you will. In walking in the Spirit in verse 16, it says this, 
walk in the spirit, notice the result, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the first step, if we could say, would be this. Walking in the spirit takes a step of faith, depending upon the power of the spirit to overcome the flesh. It is a step of faith, depending on the power of the spirit to overcome the flesh. You see, we cannot overcome the flesh on our own. It isn't where um, I'm uh, so strong now as a Christian, I don't have problems with the flesh. No, my flesh is still the flesh. It's not glorified. It hasn't been saved yet. Um, We're in heaven. When when we're in heaven, there's no more temptation, no more sin, no more flesh. Can you say amen to that? And that'd be great. But until then, we still have this battle with the flesh. How do we overcome it? Through walking in the spirit. Only the spirit can overcome the flesh. And when we walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. So it's a step of faith depending upon the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let me ask this. How many here have ever walked on water? <clears throat> now, people in Michigan raise their hand. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. in wintertime. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, would, you, would you be shocked if I told you that my son, my youngest son, has walked on water? You'd say, yeah, I don't believe that, Brother Miller. Um, one time we went to a uh, family reunion at a state park. We typically go to ones that are state parks. And um, they had a lake there, and they had, of course, canoes you could rent. But they also had the paddle boats. I think they're called the pedal or paddle boats. I don't know which. The ones that you use your feet. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Now you, so you use it, and, and you paddle faster, and you don't go any faster. You just exert more energy. I hate those boats. <laughs> but every time my kids talk me into renting them, <clears throat> I'm going, I should learn, you know? And so we're out there. We have one, and... A couple of cousins have another, and my brother and, and such have another, and, and uh, so are different boats out there. And say, hey, hey, let's go get connected here. Let's uh, come here, come here. And so we, we're over on this side, and, and uh, they come over, and we grab on. And so now we have two of them connected. And then a third one comes over, and they're connected. We're just kind of doing some fun things, you know, like kind of turning in the middle of the lake and stuff like that, just all, all kinds of little fun things. And so here we are over on this side, and my son Jonathan says... He says, hey, Dad, can I go over to my cousin on the third boat over there? <laughs> and I say to him, sure. You know, I think he had a life jacket on, but even if he didn't, he could swim. It's all right. And so he stands up. He walks across the boat. He comes to where the two boats meet in the, uh, the middle boat. And he steps across the crack there, and he gets onto the middle boat. He then walks on the middle, and then he steps across to the third boat, and then he sits down. My son Jonathan walked on water. He said, wait a minute, no, no, no. He walked on the boats on the water. There's no other way for him to be able to walk on the water. And that's the point. You see, the only way we can overcome the flesh is in the spirit. You can't grit it and, and just grind this out. You, it's not a matter of trying harder. It's not a matter of focusing more, okay, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, okay, I'm working something up. It's not a matter of, of emotions or feelings. It is a matter of faith, depending upon the Spirit, to do what you cannot do. And some in here, you are battling, and the flesh oftentimes is getting the victory because you're trying to do it on your own. Take the step of faith and say, Dear God, Holy Spirit, I need to walk with you every single the way dependent upon you and as i walk in the spirit i'm going to overcome 
that flesh. Now, what if Jonathan kept walking? He said, man, look at me. I'm walking on water. I can do great. And he comes to the end of the boat and he takes another step. <laughs> Kerplush. <laughs> he would sink right back, right down. Okay, so now he needs to learn, I've got to stay on the boats. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to sink. Where are you right now spiritually? Are you victorious over the flesh? Or have you been sinking and falling because of not walking in the Spirit? Number one is a step of faith. Number two, there's a second type of step, if you will. Look at verse 20. Uh, well, look at verse 18 first. It says this, but if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And as we're walking, he wants to lead us and guide us. And he's the guide into truth. Look at verse 25. <clears throat> it says this, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, um, I believe it's saying this is since we have life, if we live in the Spirit, since we have life in the Spirit, we're experiencing the abundant life, the victorious life in the Holy Spirit. And if that's the case, then let us walk in the Spirit. I, I, I would say, you know, continuing to walk in the Spirit, true, but as well walk in the Spirit. But it's interesting, the Greek word for walk here in verse 25 is different from the one in verse 16. 16 is just walk. You can walk over here. You can walk in a zigzag, an oval, a circle. It doesn't matter. Just walk, taking the step of faith. Here, the word means to march or to keep in step. So isn't this interesting? To march or to keep a step. So when the Holy Spirit says, take a step, I take a step now of surrender, yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide me. So the second type of step, number one, is the step of faith. Number two is the step of surrender, yielding to the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide me. So he says, march. Okay, now my oldest son, uh, Caleb, he's in the army. And uh, uh, he, uh, he, of course, went through basic and he went through airborne and different things. And, <clears throat> you know, we watched him graduate uh, through these different things uh, online. And uh, you know, had instructors that would say, march. Or they would do their cadence or whatever it is. And they would have to step. What if he says, oh, you, know, you know, drill instructor, I just don't feel like it right now. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> you don't feel like it. You know what? We have ways to help you feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to march when they tell him to march. <laughs> and he's going to stop when they tell him to stop or halt. I, I'm, I'm not military, obviously. You don't say stop. You say halt. <laughs> and they say about face. So you're walking. I say about face. Turn. And you're going the direction. So you have to walk with that pace as well. Stay in step with them. And they're keeping that perfect cadence or the perfect stepping and the rhythm as all hundred or plus men are walking or marching together. Okay, so imagine with me that the Holy Spirit's in front of you. Okay, it's not the Holy Spirit's inside of you. This would just be an illustration. But imagine if he's one step ahead of you and he says, okay, follow me, march, take a step. Okay, here's what I want you to do today. I want you to do this. Are you yielded to him? I want you to turn over here. I want you to speak to this person and give them a track. Will you do it? Let me ask, do you think the Holy Spirit's speaking to us every day? 
think he's trying to guide you every day? Okay. How are you doing on recognizing his leadership and yielding your will to him? Or are you just going your own way? You know, even in ministry, you could be selfish. You could do what you want to do. You could do certain things on your own will. Would you say today, dear God, help me to walk in the spirit by taking steps of faith and steps of surrender. These reiterated steps. I'm taking a step of faith. God, I can't do it without you. I've got to stay on the boat to overcome the water so I don't sink. But then I'm going to take a step of surrender. Lord, I take this step and I yield to your guidance and your, yield, your leadership as you're guiding me. As we are taking these two steps, notice there are two directions. Two directions. Okay, notice these in verse 17. The Bible says this in Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So it's the flesh here. Uh, this is our body, and this is our inclination to have the, uh, the appetites uh, that are out of God's will and or beyond God's uh, timing. And then we have the spirit. And here they are, they're contrary, they're fighting against another. Okay, now as you scan through verse 17, what is the third option? You have the flesh, you have the spirit, and the third option is... I said, Brother Miller, there is no third option. <laughs> there is no third option. This was very helpful... Where are you walking in filled with the Spirit? You say, well, I, I, I really don't know. I, 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 get, I guess. I don't know. Well, are you in the flesh then? Well, no, I, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say I'm in the flesh. Well, then what? Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> you know, that was convicting. Because that means at any given point in my day, I'm either walking with God going this direction, or I'm digressing and I'm walking in the Spirit. Now, I have the inclination to think that every step we take is a decision. That is, every time we make a decision throughout our day, it's a decision and it's a step. So as I'm taking the step, step of faith, walk in the Spirit, a step of faith, step of surrender, decisions of our will to depend or to yield. I'm walking in the Spirit, or I'm making a decision to rebel or make these other decisions, I'm taking a step. The Bible talks about walking in the, with the Lord in Colossians 2, 6. As ye have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? The very first decision, the very first step you made was to depend upon Jesus Christ, trusting him alone for your salvation. Now walk ye in him. Decisions of faith. Then as well, decisions of surrender. 
and they're going to be two directions. Uh, you've been to some of the retirement centers, right? Or um, uh, parks where they have the, the um, oversized tri- uh, tricycles, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, so in uh, Lakeland area, is usually where my dad goes down the winter, and uh, and they have the the tricycles, and they like to, we like to uh, ride those and such. Imagine if we have one of those, <clears throat> and there's no brakes. <laughs> but imagine if we're going uphill, going uphill. But if you stop pedaling, then you're not going to continue, or you can't keep your uh, your footing or your place. You're going to go backwards. So it, it's as if we're going up, and we need to continue to take. Uh, momentum and continue to grow with the Lord. But if we stop, we're only going the other direction. It says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. It doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean you can never live victoriously. No, 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 because of verse 16 just gave us the promise that we can. But this, these are contrary to... So that the battle is raging as it's raging and as we're yielding to the flesh, then you're not going to live like you ought to live and you're not going to do what you ought to do. It's either one or the other. Um, with hiking and backpacking different places, I like to go backpacking to the, down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon or um, in the Grand Canyon system, it's, there's a place called Havasu Pai. It means people of the blue-green water and there, there's only one uh, a native tribe, uh, Indian tribe, that can live down there, and it's the Havasupai people. And it's beautiful uh, blue-green water, turquoise water that is constantly flowing. It's spring-fed, and they have these gorgeous waterfalls, absolutely gorgeous. But you have to hike to get down there. And uh, you're climbing or you're going down, and as you're going down and you're heading down to the ca- bottom of the canyon, that's the only option, nobody coming up asks you, hey, where are you going? <laughs> When you're coming up out of the canyon and people are going down to the falls, no one asks, hey, where are you headed? I'm going up to my car. I'm getting out of here. Uh, No, they don't ask that. Why? Because there's only two options. Look, as these two options are here, let's recognize this, but let's recognize something else, that they're not equal opponents. The spirit of the living God lives inside of you. And he can be victorious over that little bitty puny flesh. It's as if we think, well, there's two, there's two equal opponents, the flesh and the spirit, they're so strong. Now, in temptation, in the midst of it, you might feel or have the emotion that this is so great, this is so, so strong, I can't live victorious. Yes, you can. The power of the Holy Spirit is available any given point of the day as you take the step of faith or the take is the step of surrender you can have victory over that flesh i remember one particular time i was uh, having a temptation and i had just this emotion it was it was uh it was just such a, a strong emotion of by anybody and this thought and it wasn't from the lord boy anybody would yield to this temptation is so great then i thought of james 4 he giveth grace to the lowly and, but he giveth more grace. And I said, God, I need more grace right now. And folks, it was instantaneous. That emotion, that dark thought, that false feeling, that fiery dart from Satan, it was gone. And immediately I had victory. I was like, wow. 
You see, you have this emotion, lie that we can believe from Satan that I've got to do this. You just got to be in the flesh. We're going to sin. <clears throat> okay, there's no one that's going to be perfect this side of heaven. Not anyone in this room is even close, so we don't have to worry about that. But would you recognize this? You can have victory and you can walk in the flesh. You can go this direction and you can experience revival. You might be heading this way. Some right now may be further into the flesh others. But why don't you say, dear God, right now, tonight, I need to walk in the spirit. And I have not been walking in the spirit like I ought to. And I want to experience personal revival to do so. Some might be right back here and they're walking in the spirit. Others are more spiritually mature. They've been walking in the spirit further and longer, and they might be up here. But both are on the same path and the same journey of walking in the spirit. Which direction are you headed? Number one, two decisions. Number two, two uh, directions. And finally, two results. Notice the two results. Uh, First of all, uh, notice um, uh, the works of the flesh in verse uh, Verse 19 and 20. If we walk in the flesh, we're going to render the power of the Spirit useless to help us. Look at verse uh, 19 and 20. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let's, let's talk about that phrase right there. Well, what's it mean? If, you do, if you've done these things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God? It is not talking about eternal life in heaven. That is talking about inheriting rewards. Eternal rewards. So the Christian can live in the Spirit, and when he gets to the judgment seat of Christ at the Bema, And the Lord Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and here is your rewards. But if you continue to walk in the flesh, and you sin, and you do the works of the flesh, you're saved. You're still on your way to heaven. But let me tell you, you will not be receiving the rewards that you should have. You will suffer loss. And when you walk in the flesh, it immediately starts with a terrible heinous sins of adultery and fornication. Why? Because that's the potential of the flesh for any person here. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You walk in the flesh and these temptations will come up. It's usually not overnight, but it's that taking a step and yielding to temptation, taking another step, not trusting the Lord, but doing your own thing, taking another step, yielding to temptation, and you're walking further and further away from the Lord and you have these sins. The sin of fornication, not only is the idea of coming from pornea and pornographic, but it's anything that would come to our minds and that would yield uh, or you would yield to the temptation along those things. Jesus said, uh, you have heard of old times, you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whoso looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in, in his heart. When you look to lust, so you look in order to, so just even getting ready to, he says, you've committed that crime and that sin. Not only is it mentioning these things, it mentions idolatry. 
You say, well, I don't have an idol. No, you would probably wouldn't have a structure idol. Well, let me tell you, there are so many things that creep in. First of all, they get your attention. They steal your affection. They become an authority, and they're an idol in your heart and your life. It's the things of the world. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. You know, there's the mammon. There's the uh, money. There's just stuff, and there's things on this planet that are stealing your heart away from God. How about variance? Contentious, causing strife, argumentative. Are you arguing with your spouse? Are you arguing with your children? Are you arguing at work? The Bible says the, the, the root of all of this is pride. Proverbs 13, 10, only by pride cometh contention. This argumentation, contention, only by pride. No, no, you say, no, it's, it's not pride. It's, it's in-laws. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, pride and in-laws. <laughs> no, it says only by pride. Uh, the reason I have this argument is because they started it, okay? But it's only by pride cometh contention. Well, it's really because the, the situation's different. You don't understand. Only by pride cometh contention. Emulations, jealousy. Jealous because someone else is good at music or sports or they have a position, they have a better pay, whatever the case is. Are you full of that jealousy? How about wrath and losing your temper? This flying off the handle and, and, uh, and um, just letting people have, a, you, you give them peace of your mind. <laughs> now, there are certain places that people actually drive aggressively. I don't know if you've ever read about those places. Uh, but uh, sometimes they come and visit Florida even as well. You know, they drive pretty aggressively. How's your wrath? <laughs> How is it? When someone gets on your nerve, how is it that when, when someone is getting, pushing your buttons? You see, when you walk in the flesh, what you're doing is you're rendering the Holy Spirit powerless to do what he wants to do. But when you walk in the Spirit, notice first of all in verse 16. Let's go back there, and then we'll see the fruit. The Bible says this, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Just notice the simplicity of this promise. The, look, 100% of the time, when you are walking in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can't go both directions at the same time. You are not going to, you're going to be victorious in this way. So let me ask. Do you believe that? Are you experiencing that victory? When you're walking in the spirit, you can experience total victory over the flesh. You say, no, Brother Miller, no. Uh, the truth is, um, I've, I've yielded to temptation. Yes, you've yielded. It's, you made the choice. But as you're walking in the spirit, during that time, you have total victory of the flesh. I remember one a uh, friend from college called me and said, hey, Brother Miller, you've got to see this verse. This is awesome. This verse is just life-changing. What is it? He said, man, it's just really just made the light bulb turn on. I said, what is it? He said, it's Galatians 5, 16. <laughs> I said, well, I, I, I've seen that verse a number of times. He goes, yeah, but do you see it? <laughs> now, there's, um, right now, I can tell you of a young man who is just on and um, I'll just tell you, he's not here. It's my youngest son, Jonathan. He is on fire for God. He's like, wow, do you see this? 
we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we can have his presence and, and know him. And he can live out the life of Jesus in us. Man, this is just awesome. And he's just constantly telling me what, what um, he's learning. And there's times I've been convicted. Like, wow, he is, he is on fire for the Lord. He might be less mature, but I tell you, he's on the pathway and he's heading this direction. But I've seen him talk to some other people and young people and even adults. And he said, this is awesome. You've got to see these verses. And isn't that incredible? I go, oh, well, that's nice. As if a uh, freshman in college can experience walking in the spirit, but you grumpy person can. <laughs> you that, well, I know, you see, you just, you just hold on a little bit longer and, you know, some of that excitement will die down because, you know, there's a real world out there. Mm -hmm. And he's living victorious in it. How about you? There's times when I've seen him and others share and there's no resonation. It's like you're not getting it. <laughs> Would you say, dear God, help me to get it and help me to realize I'm not filled with the Spirit. I'm not walking in the Spirit like I ought to. And I'm not experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians chapter 5, later on in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, singular source, singular fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering. How about this agape love that's going to help others? I didn't introduce him this morning, but on the back row this morning, uh, a friend of ours drove about an hour or so to come and visit, and his name is Larry. His last name is Miller. No relationship, but we knew each other back in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, where I grew up. I got to know him because I mowed his grass as a teenager in the neighborhood, and I would go over to his house and I'd say, hey, uh, I'd like to have you read a pamphlet. And he'd be having a beer or a six-pack. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, that, thanks, yeah. And he'd take it, and I don't know what he'd do with it. Uh, I'd ask him later, did you read it? Oh, yeah, I read it. And it was like he wasn't getting anything. I think it was throwing him away. And <clears throat> I thought if anybody can't get saved, it's, it's Larry Miller. And uh, he was a pretty hard, rough kind of character. Well, uh, as time went on, God gave me favor with him. And, uh, you know, he'd ask me to ice cream or something, and we'd go to ice cream, and I'd talk to him about his soul, but it was like talking to a piece of wood. I wasn't getting through. And again, I thought, man, I, I don't know if he's, he's, if he's ever going to be saved. From my perspective, I thought nothing is even sinking in, and he's not being saved. He's not going to be saved. Well, I went off to Bible college. He moved away to Central Florida. And while he was here, he met uh, a Baptist pastor, and this pastor was able to lead him to Christ. Well, he, he wrote me a letter. It was a three-page letter, and, and I remember reading it, and he said, remember all those times you talked to me about my soul and about heaven, and I acted as if it wasn't getting through? Well, it was, and today I trusted Christ as my Savior. I Man, I couldn't believe it. I was just thrilled. And, uh, you know, Larry uh, came, and he'll, he'll drive over an hour to come here. Preach. I won't drive over an hour to come hear me preach. And, uh, I mean, he's just, he's just awesome. He's just great. Um, he was saved, and he's been a part of the same church ever since. And for a number, he's 80 years old now, and he can't drive the bus and those things or the van. But for a number of years, he did drive the van. 
he picked up kids and several got saved and one got saved became the youth pastor and now is pastor in another church <laughs> you know and I look back as a teenager and I say you know I'm so glad I I just handed them the track and I reached out and the power of the Holy Spirit but that's not always been the case there's another neighbor I had and I remember coming home from school and my mom said hey you need to go visit our neighbor <clears throat> he's not doing well he's in the hospital they think he might die and we don't know if he's saved I'm 17 I could drive uh, but I'm scared about that and I'm scared about going to the hospital and I thought well you know I've got homework it's a it's a school night maybe um maybe I come home the next night hey um, our neighbor is worse they said he really doesn't have much longer <clears throat> you should go tell him about the Lord Jesus and I say well you know it, it is a school night you know again hey tomorrow would be the weekend how about if we wait came home the the next night the next afternoon and she said hey our neighbor he passed away now I don't know where he is but if I were to guess he wouldn't be in heaven because of me because I was walking in the flesh and not in the spirit and that's plagued me for decades now how many times have we just been walking in the spirit and we don't have the love or the fruit of the spirit flowing through us to others because we are so in the flesh and just full of self the Holy Spirit's wanting to get our attention and say okay come on I'm, he's tapping he's convicting are you gonna quench the Holy Spirit you quench the Holy Spirit like you would quench a fire there's a fire being built for a campsite. You need the warmth, you need the light. But as soon as it's going raging, someone takes a bucket of water. What happens if they do that? It's going to just, all the smoke is going to go out. You try lighting a fire now. It's near impossible because of all of that. You have to let things dry out. God's doing a work. He wants to revive your heart. Don't quench him now. Quenching him could be simply... I'll do this later. Or, well, Brother Miller, we normally don't come forward in a service. I know, but perhaps you need to get out of the normal and say, you know what? I'm just going to come and pray. And I'm going to have some time with the Lord. Because I can tell you honestly, I haven't been walking in the Spirit like I should. If that's true, would you not quench the Holy Spirit tonight? and put off the conviction would you not say well I'll do it later or I don't need to come forward because and you rationalize some way now you can make a decision cer certainly in your seat but uh, it would be an encouragement to you to others to even just step out and say tonight I need to walk in the spirit more consistently occasionally I do but I don't always take steps of faith and steps of surrender I oftentimes I'm on fire and then I go right back I, I, I drift back 
And I just thought, well, maybe I, I was just kind of no man. But I realize now if I'm not consciously making decisions of faith and surrender, yielding to the Spirit of God, that I'm not walking with Him like I ought to. I'm in the flesh. How much of your week and your month and this year have you been in the flesh? You did not know it. And when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, He says, wood, hay, and stubble. Even good things. Singing a song. Teaching a class, serving the Lord, preaching a message in yourself, in the flesh, will profit nothing of eternal value and certainly no eternal reward. Would we say tonight, God, we just need to be serious. We need to be humble. And I'm going to yield myself tonight. Would you say, Lord, help me to walk in the spirit, to take these two steps, to go the right direction, to continue to grow but then as well, would you say, Lord, help me to experience total victory over the flesh and experience the fruit of the Spirit. And when you walk in Him and the Holy Spirit, His life produces His fruit, and He can help us. Let's pray. Father, I ask for your help. Would you yield, uh, help us to yield to you? And Lord, help us to respond to you in an obvious way. Lord, help us to be honest and humble. God, I need you. We all do. So, Lord, help us to be more consistent in walking in the Spirit and not quench the Holy Spirit and not push off the conviction of the Holy Spirit any longer. Lord, you've been guiding us. You've been trying to, to lead us. And yet, we're so stubborn and we're so selfish and we're so independent. So, Lord, I pray you break through all of those things and help us, Lord, I pray. With heads bowed, with eyes closed, who here would say, Brother Miller, there's one thing I know is I am saved by trusting Jesus Christ. I know that I'm on my way to heaven. Can you raise your hand? I know I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Good. That's wonderful. You can place your hands down. I couldn't see anyone that didn't raise their hand, but I don't want to miss anyone. Perhaps you're here to say, Preacher, I don't know for sure if I died, if I go to heaven. Is there anyone like that? <coughs> Let me ask next. Who here would say, Brother Miller... God's spoken to me about walking in the Spirit, about taking steps of faith, to surrender, or maybe walking in the Spirit more consistently or just recognizing when I'm not. But God's spoken to me, and I don't want my life to be wood, hay, and stubble. I want to walk in the Spirit for eternal rewards. And God's spoken to me. Perhaps He's spoken to you about not quenching Him. Just right now, if he's spoken to you, can you acknowledge it right where you're seated by an upraised hand? Say, God's spoken to me. God bless you. Many, several hands, you can place them down. Would, would you tonight yield to him? Would you look this way? Everyone look right here. In a moment, we're going to stand. We'll pray. And after I pray, we'll have the pianist play. On that first note, I'd encourage you, would you do this? Step out from where you are and find a place to pray. Now, some physically cannot. You know that, and that's fine. Just have a seat, if that's okay with you, and just pray where you are. But several, you physically could come to the front and sit or kneel and just give this over to the Lord. I think it would be an encouragement to you and an encouragement to others as you were to do so. Would you yield to the Spirit of God as He's spoken to you? Let's stand for prayer. Father, I ask for your help right now. 
with each one. Lord, thank you for speaking to their hearts. Thank you for speaking to my heart and helping me. Now, Lord, I pray that you would take control of the remainder of this service. Help us to yield to you, to experience the victory and the blessings and the fruit of the Spirit, and help us to walk with you. Help each one that raise their hand to pray and make these decisions, and even tonight to respond to you.